Hello and welcome to the ESG Fitness Podcast. I have Catherine and Shona. Catherine, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's such a nice day. Like I went to the gym this morning and it was just like water wall, blue sky. I like it puts me in such a good mood. So I'm in a great mood. Thank you. Very Everyone well. I've spoken to today has been like, I'm in the best mood. So Shona, how are you? <laughs> I still have food poisoning. This is that we're on day three now. I can't eat anything. I'm really sad and I'm so hungry. Oh no, that's the worst when you get to the point that you're like, I'm so hungry, but I also feel so sick. Oh, it's horrible. Um, I've never eaten butter beans ever again. Shona messaged me the other day being like, should I take that post down from the group? Because I got <laughs> food poisoning afterwards. I was like, just put a warning in there. Yeah, so it was like day one of Commit to Six and I was like, right, good vibes, Commit to 42. I found this really healthy recipe and I had it and it was really tasty. And so then I shared it in the Commit to Six group and the next morning it was it was horrendous. Like both Paul and I were, it was not good. Um, And then I thought, oh my God, I've just recommended that to people just starting Commit to Six. Tell you what though, you would have been thankful. If it was, yeah, oh if it was God. far off as your goal. <laughs> it was five days, there you go. <laughs> do you think it was just, do you think it was like the volume of butter beans or do you think it was like something else? Yeah, because there wasn't anything in there that really could have given me food poisoning. It was oh, like... I'm sorry, what, the volume of butter beans gave you food yeah, what, what do you mean? Was... How many it... did you eat? like an entire can by myself and I'm not I don't like how often do you eat an entire can of butter beans yeah but not to the extent it would make you that sick and by the way what kind of beans are baked beans um haricot beans okay yeah (laughs) because I have eaten a full can of baked beans oh yeah I've done that tons of times but I wonder why butter beans made you sick I don't know but also it's the fact that the thought of butter beans is is doing it for me and I think deep inside we've got this intuition of what makes us poorly Uh, really sadly I although sometimes it's a weird coincidence although if it's food poisoning you're probably right but I had a migraine after having uh mushrooms once and I couldn't eat mushrooms for like five years afterwards but I think it's whatever you've just had before you're very unwell yeah I'm I'm just thinking about the picture of your dinner that you posted on Instagram I was like <laughs> I mean, fair, right? There's a reason that I don't do recipes. Why did you add peanut butter to it? It was eggs, peas, and peanut butter in well, a in a like scramble. Yes, this was the reason. Normally, I make a stir fry, right? And I put peanut butter in the stir fry, and it's freaking great, right? Bit of sweet chili sauce, bit of peanut butter, sometimes some actual peanuts in there. But I didn't have any stir fry. But I was like, can I just make a stir fry with peas? And then I realized, no, (laughs) but there was already peas and peanut butter in the pan. And then I thought, where's the protein and how am I going to get full up? And then I was like, eggs, of course, Mm -hmm. like any person. Um, It wasn't horrendous. I wouldn't eat it again tonight, but I would eat it if I had to. Yeah. It sounds nice and balanced. You've got carbohydrates there. You've got some protein, vegetables. Thank you, Catherine. Great, <laughs> great choice. Had it with some pita bread. Got my carbs in there. Like, you know, great, a great balanced meal. 
Can um, we put an ESG fitness cookbook to come <laughs> Everything can be made in a walk. Yeah, it's quite, quite studenty. It's, uh, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't have a, a much cooking skills. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we have a ridiculous, probably the most questions we've ever had. So shall we get on with some? Let's do it. Would you like me to read the first one? Yes. I would love that. Okay. I'll try my best. I'm not very good at reading, like Emma. Um, Hello, coaches. I have a question for the podcast. (laughs) Um, I have a habit of picking at food. In the moment, I often think it's just a little bit, but the cumulative effect may well affect my ability to stay in a deficit. Best thing in order for me to avoid doing this is to take myself out of the kitchen away from food, but that's not always possible as I'm often in there preparing my toddler's meals or snacks and our evening dinner. I resist this compulsion more often than not, but I find it especially hard when I'm tired and it's late in the afternoon or early evening. Any thoughts, tips, pearls of wisdom on how to manage these picky food urges would be great. Thanks. Great question. And I think a few people said like, I could have written this myself. I totally resonate with this. And I think it's really common. And I'm glad that you've pointed out like, you know, it seems like nothing but it really does add up like those little bits throughout the day really, really add up. So it is something to be aware of because often you can think I'm hitting all my targets. I'm doing it all really well. And then you just completely forget like the mindless picking at things throughout the day. I actually think having quite a hard rule of I only eat meals or snacks that I've planned. And there's two sides to this one. You will enjoy it so much more. Like when you think about it, you actually don't enjoy the like half leftover whatever that you're picking at like but actually if you sat down and you were like I'm gonna have a snack that I actually enjoy you'll enjoy that so much more and you'll end up eating less so it's two sides of that I often find with this as well it's harder once you've started so like if you're cooking dinner for example and you're snacking on stuff like once you've started snacking on stuff, it just kind of like continues and then you just continue eating until dinner actually comes and then you're again continuing. Um, So I would try and avoid that. I mean, one tip that does work, but is often also taken in the wrong context and and is also quite like a, I don't know, some people can see this in like a negative light, but like sometimes just eating chewing gum or like brushing your teeth before you cook a meal. You're not going to like snack on whatever you're cooking if you've got a really minty mouth. Uh, But yeah, don't take that to the extreme of like, whenever I'm hungry, I'll just brush my teeth instead of eating. Like that's obviously not what we want, but if it stops you picking at stuff and snacking, might be a good tool to utilize at times. Thoughts, Shona? Um, Yeah, I totally agree. I think what is needed and what I say to myself is, is a bit of tough love something that Emma posted recently you are not a bin and actually giving yourself like if you reframe it as if you are just like you know mindlessly snacking you are taking from yourself the enjoyment of your dinner so really you're just screwing yourself over so it's that sort of like delayed gratification of I'm feeling hungry and I'm gonna wait for my dinner and I'm gonna enjoy it so much more um and if it's like also late afternoon that's when I feel the most hungry I will 
schedule in a snack and it's going to be a good one one that I'm excited about do you know what's um, been a bit of a game changer for me is knowing that not every single snack needs to be a protein snack sometimes it can be something that actually just you know hits that satisfaction button and and I think like coming into the Easter weekend um like I'm not really a big fan of chocolate I'm not really like a big chocolate eater and I've seen so many posts about just have the chocolate just have the chocolate but if it's going to be like, if it's going to, like, it has to be something that re- you really enjoy rather than just being like, okay, I'm just going to have the chocolate because it's there or like, and being able to draw a line under it. Um, so sometimes like that afternoon snack could be like a little piece of chocolate, could be a little bar of chocolate. And then you're like, right, well, I had that. That was lovely. Hit that button. I don't need to eat again until my dinner. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a good point about like, if chocolate's not your thing, or if like having a drink's not your thing, you don't need to give into like society's expectation of that. Well, it's Easter, so you should have this. And it's like, well, what if I don't really enjoy that? Or like, it's Friday, so you should have a drink. You have to unwind from the week. Yeah, but that's not how I unwind or that's not how I enjoy doing that. And I think we we definitely feel these kind of pressures or more just these social norms. And it takes quite a lot, which is also why we get you to journal, to figure it out like, what actually does it for you like what's beneficial for you what helps you unwind what do you really enjoy as opposed to just what's the norm for other people that you kind of feel half pressured into doing I think another like way that I find helpful if I'm preparing food I'm kind of like on autopilot if I'm cooking something or if I'm like making my breakfast or like in this case where you're like making snacks or meals for the toddlers like could you do something that's like taking your mind away from that or like occupying yourself? So like, okay, you're on autopilot making this food, but could you like be listening to the podcast or could you be like listening to some music or listening to an audiobook? And maybe that would just like take, like is a bit of a distraction from the food and then you're kind of getting absorbed in something else. Um, I like, I'll, I'll do that or maybe like have a drink like on the side. And if I like want to pick anything, I'll have a sip of the drink instead of like the the food that I'm preparing. That's just one thing that popped into my brain. You could get a voice note from Shona just being like, think yeah. how great your dinner's going to taste if you don't snack on this food. It's not a bin. Repeat after me. <laughs> I think as well, like we're talking about, um, your, I, I imagine it also like what's quite similar is then picking off your toddler's plate. Um, I think if you're wanting to model really a really healthy relationship with food to that really young impressionable person then like mindlessly eating is not it and um, picking off their plate is also not it so that's like a big thing when it comes to me that's a big driver of of like how I model like my my own relationship with foods is like I know how impressionable that like my son is so that that definitely drives me eat a whole can of butter beans <laughs> eat a really healthy dinner with like loads of pulses and vegetables and uh yeah yeah plant-based sources of protein and it backfires on you Shona <laughs> literally literally backfired on me oh right okay moving on Great points, but I think actually one point I want everyone to take from that is what Shona was saying about you will enjoy your meal more. Mm. 
know, like the, the point isn't like restrict yourself and never snack or never pick on stuff. It's like the reason I'm doing this is for a positive reason is because when I sit down to have dinner, I'll be a little bit hungry and I'm really going to enjoy it. And I'm going to look forward to that rather than. And it's funny because like our parents probably always said this to us before, like, oh, can I have something now? And you're like, no, you'll ruin your dinner. But you don't do it to yourself. Like, again, parenting yourself, a frame that we absolutely love. But you're not going to beat yourself up for having a snack here and there. But also, you're probably not going to encourage it if it's going to ruin your appetite for dinner. Do you know what Paul's grandparents used to do with him when he was a little boy? They would give him a sandwich before he went out for dinner to warm up his stomach. That was the reasoning behind the sandwich. <laughs> but I actually think that it really was just like so then he wouldn't like be so hungry that he would eat loads. I think it was just to take the edge off it. But I like that they framed it as warming up your stomach. <laughs> or, or do you think it's more like, especially with kids, like you're waiting for the the food to come and then you don't want them to be really hungry or annoying when like they'll be a bit more patient if they're not starving hungry waiting. Yeah, that's it, probably. Warm up the dinner, warm up the bed. Right, next question. Um, my question is about tracking when you're not at home, so not doing the cooking. Whether that's in a restaurant or at someone else's house, how do you do it? Catherine, do you want to start? Ooh, yeah. I mean, you have, like, there's no right or wrong way of doing it. Um, you have various options here. So you could try, like, first of all, you could try your best to track by guesstimating the portions so if you're, I don't know, for, say for example, you're going to like a chain restaurant, a lot of the meals and like chain restaurants will be on my fitness pal, or even like the calories sometimes are on the menu, in which case like use that, put it into my fitness pal and then enjoy your dinner. Other places you might not be able to find the exact calories. And we know that tracking isn't accurate anyway, but you could find a similar dish from a different restaurant and put that into my fitness pal and then enjoy your dinner. The other option is just to not track at all. You could have banked up some calories during the week. And what you might then decide to do is just be like, I'm not going to track this dinner. What I'm going to do is eat it mindfully, slow down, enjoy it, enjoy the company and stop when I'm full and then move on and get back onto your normal targets the next day. Yeah. And doing that once a week will make absolutely no difference. What usually does make a difference is if people then stress out about it and think, well, I don't know what I had, so I may as well just have more. And then I may as well not start until Monday again. And then that actually does impact their results. But yeah, I think either of those approaches is perfect. And also remember that a lot of the time, portion sizes are much bigger when you're eating out. So if you're full and you've got the enjoyment that you wanted out of the meal, like there's a really good like frame of this of like, what's the next bite going to bring you that the previous one didn't? So if you say you've got like a whole thing of pizza, it's like, okay, you've had three slices. What's the fourth slice going to bring you? The, the third one didn't. And you kind of get to this point of law of diminishing returns where you're like, yeah, it was at, like the first three slices were absolutely worth it. Like fit within my calories. I really enjoyed them. I got a lot out of it. And it's like by the fourth one, I'm kind of full. It's going to push me over my targets. And I've got the vast majority of the enjoyment from eating this pizza. So this is when I'm going to stop. And, and having that kind of like slowing down and as Catherine said, like eating mindfully, really useful. So underrated, right? I find that if I really rush my dinner, 
I end up like 10 minutes after my dinner, I'm like, oh my God, I feel really full now. Whereas if I slow down, I end up stopping much earlier on. And like Emma said, like the portion sizes tend to be large at a restaurant. It doesn't matter on your energy requirements. Like the like the chefs in the kitchen are like, hmm, she weighs more than that person. So I'm going to give them like a bigger dish. That's it looks like it she's done her 10,000 steps today. Yeah. Have, have you been to the gym? <laughs> Yeah, and back to the point we were making before, if you eat slowly, you'll enjoy it a hell of a lot more as well. Amen. Amen. Okay, next question. Can I please check about allocated calories and fruit and veg? Is the calories in the six portions of fruit and veg on top of your allocated calories or should be counted as part of your calories given? Thanks. I'll just answer this very quickly. It should be counted as part of your calories given. Okay, Joanne asked, I'm out of meals. No, I'm out of, <laughs> I'm out of ideas for meals. What are your go-to lunch and dinners? I, I like to think that she's like, she's just not eating anything since, because she's like, I'm out. I just don't know. <laughs> this was a day ago that she asked this. Yeah. I'm starving. Can someone please get back to me? <laughs> uh, why don't you go first? <laughs> full can of butter beans uh, peas and oh, eggs oh my god I don't even know what to say so um, my go to breakfast is loads of fruit like berries and two pieces of fruit like an apple and a pear and a protein shake that's that's really working well for me at the moment um, although it's not working well for me at the moment <laughs> I haven't been able to oh. working well yeah um and lunch is soup I love soup I'm obsessed with soup like oh just like there's so much so much you can do with soup what's you your favorite I was gonna say you can have a creamy soup you can have vegetable soup you can have a soup with pasta you can have a soup with rice in it with grains in it there's just so much choice gosh one time I had a soup that was cauliflower and parmesan it was so good this one time I had this soup. One time I had some soup yeah so yeah that's what that's my go-to lunch or oh, what about dinner I tend to have what's something... your favorite soup me or Catherine you you're the one that's obsessed with soup <laughs> I just told you I had a really good cauliflower and parmesan one oh, that, that's your favorite yeah. ever and I've been like searching for it ever since and I've never been able to find it um what's my favorite soup it probably like you can't go wrong with a chicken noodle soup mm. Oh, mm. yeah banging Bang and um, what's your favorite soup? The podcast is really hitting you. This is this is a lot of pressure. I don't know whether I need to like think about this and then we come back to it. Um, I'm just gonna pick. I, I actually don't think you can go wrong with like Heinz tomato soup. That's quite good. Oh god! Yeah, it's just so Don't simple. Um, do you I'm know a what? basic bitch. One you time, really one of my friends um was on a date with a guy and she like didn't see him again because he got vanilla ice cream when they went to this fancy ice cream place like he had the whole shop to choose from and he chose vanilla so Catherine that's like that's the same no it's not the same I wouldn't choose vanilla ice cream and you can have any soup in the world and you're like do you know what AEP Heinz tomato soup (laughs) don't don't soup shame me (laughs) I'm very disappointed Emma, I'll go away and reflect favorite? on this. Emma, what's your favourite soup? 
Oh, firstly, I'd like to say that maybe the guy that your mate was dating was just really stressed about because if you're on a like let's say really liked her he's on a date and then there's so many options you don't want to pick something that I don't know it's going to be you know with all of the options you might be ah do you know what vanilla (laughs) so they went went to like a burger place first and he got a plain burger with no like it was just the meat and the two pieces of bread like no toppings or anything and she was like "Mm, red flag and then uh, vanilla ice cream, and it was like a whole okay. string of red flags. And she just thought we're fundamentally different people. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. actually fair. Was he just wearing a black t-shirt as well? Yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, like she can't even remember what he looked like. He was just the most bland beige person. <laughs> it's called John Smith. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think my favorite is country vegetable. Why is that country country vegetable as opposed to like city vegetable? (laughs) Um, I don't know. It's got like potato. Well, vegetables (laughs) from the country, babe. Vegetables from the country, babe. Country, like root veg, tomato. Um, not tomatoes. (laughs) Potatoes, turnips. Yeah, there's sometimes some peas in there. Mm. Do you know what I also like is when they put like a bit of like barley in or something. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, just while you're listening, um, make sure you hit subscribe and rate. It's five star chat. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone wants to comment their favorite suits below, uh, or send it, send it into the podcast, then head over to sgfitness.co.uk. <laughs> find my private whatsapp number there um okay next question oh no wait we didn't actually answer that did we she's out of ideas for meals so soup (laughs) (laughs) not butter beans yeah i'm a big fan of soup as well and it fills you up so much for the calories it's great for dieting um and then obviously stir fry for dinner is my big go-to breakfast on it has actually been quite bad recently it's normally two pieces of fruit and a protein bar right no i know (laughs) that sounded very judgy (laughs) all right (laughs) my my botox makes my eyebrows look really judgy when i lift them i'm like Mm -hmm. anyway what's your breakfast um to the BBC Good Food website, what do you think? That's, I mean, we can't go over that. Mm-hmm. No. Or eat, what is it, eatthismuch.com? Yeah, I don't think the recipes on that are good. BBC Good Food recipes are good. Yeah. Apart from Shona's butter bean situation. <laughs> that oh. was the BBC. Oh, yeah. was it not? Okay, well, there's where you went wrong. Yeah, uh uh-huh. should have stuck to the BBC. It's what I pay my TV licence for. <laughs> um... <laughs> Okay, shall we move on to the next question? I think it's Catherine's turn to read. Let's let's do it. Um, my fitness pal is awesome for single ingredient foods, but if my husband cooks lasagna or spaghetti, usually in bulk for leftovers, how can I know how much I'm having and what the ingredients are? How to track that or track anything that isn't a single ingredient food like curries, pies, stews, etc. So you just make a recipe and add everything to it. 
And again, like this kind of relates to the tracking when either you've not made it or you're going out for dinner, like you just have to estimate. And if you're worried about being in a deficit, I would overestimate a little bit. So like if I thought that my portion was about 500 calories, I might just put in 600 calories to be sure. So that was definitely in a deficit. Um, It doesn't really need to get any more complicated than that. Also, you can save recipes. So if your husband often makes, what was that? Bolognese, chili or something? Lasagna and spaghetti. Oh, lasagna. Then you can just be like, every time you can just put the same in, take roughly the same portion. It won't be the same every time. Also, sometimes you might have a bit more cheese on yours or, you know, there'll be things that come in that make it slightly less accurate. It really doesn't matter. Like it's not going to make a big deal, a big difference. What does make a big difference is just completely ignoring it. So like estimate it, track it, move on. Don't spend your life trying to make everything exactly right on your app, but put something in there that's realistic. Question for you. Can anybody hear the bagpipes in the background? No. No, okay, good. Someone started playing the bagpipes outside somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, it should start a new hobby. (laughs) As if she's not got enough on her plate. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, hello, coaches. My question is about trying not to do all or nothing. Currently, I'm doing absolutely fine. Nailing everything I need to and being alright. <laughs> you were about to say, currently, I'm doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, she's doing the opposite. She's doing everything. Um. Right, she's been a right swap. Yay, go me. However, I know from experience I'm all or nothing. Always have been school, work, gym, diet, anything. Currently, I'm all in. I can't tell you when that will switch to nothing, but I know it will come. I will go from ticking the boxes to not wanting to look at the to-do list. Oh, I like that. I guess I skip imperfect action out altogether and go straight to avoidance. Any advice to manage the days where I where my heart really isn't in it? Oh, oh! I mean, I think everyone can probably resonate with this. It's a completely normal human trait. Don't make it a self-fulfilling prophecy. Tell yourself it's going to be different this time and hold yourself accountable to that. Like on the days you can't do it perfectly, remind yourself that doing something is better than doing nothing. Let us get in your heads, because I think I talk all the time about how it's averages that dictate your results, not being perfect on certain days. Also be a bit like tough love and self-critical here. Like it's not worked for you in the past. It's not going to work this time. You have to change if you want to get results. And it's not fun being all or nothing. And it means that you're always going to have to kind of like yo-yo between these things. Like if you want maintainable results, you will have to learn balance and you will have to learn that actually it's making your quote unquote bad days or your nothing days just a little bit more that's going to have a far bigger impact on your results than then how long you can be like on the all bandwagon, right? Like that's going to have a really huge long-term effect and you're never going to be able to be all in all the time. But on the days where you can't get to gym or you're not well, or you then didn't get your steps in, still worth going and doing 10 minutes more steps, even if you're not going to hit your target. Like actually it's even more worth doing it on those days. Um, I follow this account. I can't remember what it's called now, but it's like... uh the opposite of like daily affirmations or something and one of them was like self-sabotage why wait for failure when you could just make it happen yourself 
so accurate but it, it's a little bit like now you're talking yourself into failure this will definitely happen just a matter of time I mean in some ways this is good because you're reaching out for help before it happens and like what would I do in this situation the first thing you would do is reach out to us this is why we do the daily accountability right so on the day that you do have a day where you, you fall off track then you tag us and you're like right I need to you to hold me accountable that tomorrow I'm going to make sure that I do hit these targets or at least that I make some effort um one thing that I do that I didn't really realize that I did until recently is I every morning I'll write like a bit of a to-do list basically just look at my calendar and see what needs done now some days there'll be loads that I can do and other days there won't be right and it's like setting expectations for that day is important because some days you'll be traveling all day and it would be almost impossible for you to get 12,000 steps without getting up at 4am and going for a walk right And if you're not going to do that and you're just going to even it out over the week because we want you to live your life enjoy your life and get results and find that balance then you might have to accept that today's target is to get 6,000 steps or today's target is between those two meetings, I'm going to try and get outside and go for a walk, right? And you set more realistic targets based on your day. And I think that literally takes three minutes to do every morning and makes such a big difference to your life. Like getting up and realizing, okay, like probably not going to fit a gym session in today, but that's okay. Cause I'll make these like, I don't know, I'll maybe fit in a 20 minute workout at the end of the day or between these two things or setting realistic targets for that day then you can go to bed satisfied that I have hit those targets but it's unrealistic to expect to nail everything every single day Mm. I think the point you made about reaching out for help when you have days like that as well like that's that is going to be like a game changer for you it's going to make this time different um and even maybe you could like set that as like a minimum promise to yourself or like it's a non-negotiable is and it's like a low barrier to entry, right? Like you're like, okay, if I, if I have a day that in my eyes doesn't look perfect, I'm going to tag my coach in the accountability post and I'm just going to reach out for help. Make, like use it as like, it's like an experiment. You're trying something a little bit different this time. If it doesn't work, it will work. But if it doesn't work, like you've not, you've not like risked loads, have you? you? You're just putting up a little post in the accountability group and a coach will get back to you. I think like trying just that like small change will make a huge difference for you. And the promise to yourself that that is what you're going to do and make that promise now because it's way harder to do it once it's happened. It's like, right, okay. And that's really all we ever ask is like, if you're struggling, reach out. We're good, but we're not mind readers yet. So you need to reach out if you're struggling. And, and stop telling yourself that this time will be the same because it's not like this time you have the right support in place. That's why you're here. So it won't be the same. It won't be all or nothing. And you have to tell yourself that it won't be because otherwise it will be. Mm. Yes. Next question. Is it my turn, Shona? It is, yeah. If you hate upper body due to shoulder pain issues, what amendments should you make to stay on track with fat loss? So we don't do exercise for fat loss. Um, So technically you could do absolutely no upper body exercises and still achieve fat loss. Technically you could do no exercises whatsoever and still achieve fat loss. Um, So yeah, just a reminder that we're not doing that to like burn calories or anything like that. And so because you've got shoulder pain issues and, and if your upper body workouts make that worse, then first of all, you need to go to a physio and, and get that looked at. But please don't like push through the pain 
don't be doing exercises when they hurt um it, you could even just comment below and tell us what exercises hurt and if, and we can maybe make some adjustments for you suggest some other exercises you can do um but definitely just keep doing what you can kind of similar to the what we've just said in the previous answer um look at what you can do rather than what you can't um and you will still make really great progress mm-hmm. yeah i did a post about this for afm yesterday like one of the key things like one of the key attributes i see in successful business owners which is true for like success in anything is just like a can do attitude okay I, instead of thinking I can't do that oh well I'll probably not be able to lose fat which actually has nothing like I should have said not re- really got nothing to do with fat loss anyway but instead of thinking that think what can I do or how can I work around this injury or how, how can I still get that result without doing it the way that most people are doing at the moment because it's certainly not going to put a barrier up it just means you need to to take a different route I would definitely suggest seeing a physio because like we can absolutely try and offer things but all we can really say is if it hurts don't do it and here's one that might not hurt try that and if that hurts then try something else right whereas a physio will be able to assess you and say this is the problem these are maybe the rehab exercises that you can do and for a while you might want to avoid x y and z and then we can help you with that but you've still got like the whole of the rest of your body which is a lot of muscle that you can be working out um okay next question um thoughts on strength training while experiencing menstrual cramps i suspect general guidance will be on an individual basis as everyone experiences cramps differently but i'm interested to know has there been any solid research in this area on what like on whether it makes it worse or i think like training maybe around your menstrual cycle um and and i think it as as you see um tara it is very much on an individual basis because i've heard of people including myself like see when i'm on my period like actually menstruating like i feel full of energy i feel like i train really well and it actually helps with my cramps as well like i don't feel them as much however like people that maybe struggle with their periods a lot more than I do that might be completely different like I'm sure Catherine like um you would have different experiences on that um just based on what's going on with you oh yeah totally like I think we're like the opposite I remember there was one time last year I went through to a gym in Glasgow with my flatmate we were like buzzing to get it was I can't remember which one of the gyms it was it was like one of the like the bodybuilding gyms probably yeah it was one of the extreme gyms yeah and I remember like we left the flat and I was like oh I'm feeling like a little bit shitty and like a little bit sore right now and I was like we'll go anyway it'll be fine I'm sure like the pain will go and then we started training and I remember I just like felt worse and worse and worse and like my cramps not saying that this is gonna happen to like you Tara but like I just started to feel worse and like to the point where I was like I'm actually gonna like pass out and I had to leave like, I think like there can be like that extreme end as well. And like you say, it's completely individual. Um, yeah. I think it's, you need to kind of like try and find what works for you by like, again, like experimenting, like, okay, I'm going to try and go and do like a light session. If I get partway through it and it's making me feel worse, I'll just go again and like put a little bit less pressure on yourself and try different things. Mm-hmm. I also think with a lot of stuff like this people are like okay so what does the research say around this and it really doesn't matter 
because I mean, th these are two perfect examples. If I was like, the research says that actually, Catherine, you should train. You'd be like, well, I can't. <laughs> right. And if I was like, sorry, Shona, the research says that during that week, you should just be walking and not do any resistance training. You'd be like, okay, well, I feel freaking great. So I'm just going to keep training. So I, it is, it comes back to like, how do you feel and what's going to work for you? Any like slight advantage or disadvantage is so slight and is completely negated by how you actually feel. And if you want to go to the gym and if you can go to the gym, and if you feel like you might pass out, then probably not the best idea but if you feel freaking awesome then even if if like I don't know the research for some reason said you shouldn't like probably still would right and yeah so there's not very much that's clear cut which is why we don't really talk about it in that sense it's more managing you and your symptoms and how you feel and if that means you need to take an extra rest day or two or move your training around that week then that's what you should be doing mm -hmm. That's I think if problem. it ever red sorry on you go. No, you go first, Shona. Go. I think if it ever red flag for me is when you, you do see people on social media coaches telling you how you should be training around your menstrual cycle or advertising their services um like harness your menstrual cycle. And I totally get it because for some people like hormonal fluctuations can really like take a lot of your life, like take over a lot of your life, but um it's not a one-size-fits-all approach definitely mm -hmm. not and then you think over half of women are on some form of contraception anyway yeah so then you've got that to consider as well okay well then how does that change things mm. yeah it's um not quite that a, a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy um like if you are expecting to feel like lacking in energy because you're in your luteal phase then guess what's gonna happen mm -hmm. yeah. yeah next question um any tips on staying on track during a big weekend it's my hen party this weekend whoop whoop um and i'm keen to stay roughly on track can i just say why weren't we invited rude rude god vicky <laughs> Vicky, you've probably been here at least four days. It's just. <laughs> what do you Why think? Why are we not your bridesmaids? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's her handy. It's my hand party. Yeah. So one thing I would say is I, I remember my mum telling me this story. My mum went to a, a Hindu of like her daughter, our friend's daughter, and it was like a hen weekend. And the first night, uh, the girl got so drunk that she had to be taken home in a taxi at half eight. And then she was like, that That was the night over for her. And then the next day, she was just feeling so bad. So, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, because don't do it. Like, you want to enjoy yourself. Yeah. But I also, you know, hopefully, you're only going to have one of these, right? Because <laughs> I also don't want you to be like, oh, what's most important right now is that I still stick to my calories. Like it's going to happen once mm. you're going to get right back on track because you're with us. So you're going to comment on Monday. You're going to tell us how it was. You're going to post a hilarious picture and hopefully some funny stories. And, and then a giant inflatable penis. <laughs> That's what I was and thinking too. Although if she's, maybe she's not getting married to a man. Sorry. That was so heteronormative. Yeah, that was so heteronormative. Or like a giant inflatable boobies. Okay. Yeah. What happens on a, gay handy 
I don't know. Two of my best mates are getting married next year, so I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that would be my advice. Like, be sensible, enjoy it. Don't go wild. I mean, like, don't drink so much that you don't enjoy it, but also it's going to hopefully happen once in your life. So I wouldn't overstress about calories. And it's, what, two days, a weekend? It's going to make no difference. But what will make a difference is if you have those memories to hold on forever. Mm -hmm. yeah. Love it. Okay. okay next question. Um, should we be aiming for a set water intake? No, I generally don't set water intake. I think it overcomplicates things. It's totally unnecessary. And your body will tell you essentially how much you need. I would always have a bottle of water around and the other kind of good tip is to have a glass of water with your meal. So maybe a, a few mouthfuls before your meal and then like it slows you down. Okay, we spoke spoke about that quite a lot today, but slowing down while you eat and actually enjoying your meal and hydrating at the same time is really important. But people put way too much emphasis on how much water you're drinking. Like, like, oh, I don't think I'm losing fats. I'm just not drinking enough water. Like, it's not that. The only way that drinking water will impact fat loss is if you're eating because you're actually thirsty or drinking more water stops you snacking or something, right? But it's not it's not the reason that you're not losing fat. And absolutely, it's good to stay hydrated. But I think people put these, like, really high water targets on people. And then I'm like, do you go to the toilet a lot? And they're like, yeah, all the time. It's so annoying. And then you're like, well, yeah, because your body likes to keep a very um, tight regulation on its hydration levels, which means if you drink too much, you will just pee more. If you don't drink very much, you won't pee very much, right? But it, it keeps us quite tight. So you, what, drinking water is important. But again, like law of diminishing returns, like more of a good thing is no longer a good thing, right? You can exercise too much. You can drink too much water. You can focus on steps too much right you want the balance of it and you don't need to overthink that agreed great would you like another question please um how long should an average gym workout last i spent an hour and only got through half of the leg gym workout can you please read my response which is quite a funny joke <laughs> which leg Hey! <laughs> wow, Shona. Wow. But you did then say, "Sorry, bad joke." Looking forward to answering this on the pod. Well, better, you better go then. <laughs> God damn it! Um, I said, uh, I think that the more that you get into the practice of doing these workouts in the gym, maybe this is quite a new habit for you to go to the gym and do like strength workouts maybe you're doing exercises that you've not done before um you will get quicker like it shouldn't take you over an hour and like you're only halfway through the like workout like I, I think the workouts are written so that they take you about 45 to an hour what even yeah, maybe 40 to 60 minutes um yeah. should be absolutely fine I sometimes put relatively long uh, rest periods in. So if you feel like you're ready to go, I mean, giving, to be completely honest, I don't take the rest periods. Um, That's but, the secret. That's why she looks the way she does. 
no rest between no well I think obviously there's a negative to that because you can't lift as heavy right we want you to to rest long enough so that you can still create enough volume i.e lift as heavy um but there is yeah it does get a bit boring and I have no attention span so I generally don't take the rest if you I suppose like if you need to shorten the workouts so say you only have like 20-25 minutes one day in the gym what you can do is like take a set off of each exercise so instead of doing four sets you do three or instead of three sets you do two and that's like a really simple way to just shorten the whole workout if you really need to later down the line Hmm. yeah yeah and actually if you're struggling that much with time just do that (laughs) you'll still get the like 95 percent of the benefit of the workout from doing that Um, any tips on taking progress photos should they be done totally relaxed or tensed I thought you were going to say totally naked (laughs) (laughs) you know what sometimes um, one to one clients will send me progress photos but they won't send it as an attachment they'll put it in an email do you know what I'm about to say no, see it. No, so, like, when you put a photo in an email, not as an attachment, it comes up massive, like <laughs> huge, like so zoomed in. So, like, I'll open one, and it'll be just like zoomed in on the vagina, like <laughs> bam, like the whole screen. And I'm like, yeah. And you're in a coffee shop, like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> um, that doesn't happen on PC Hub. If you want to put them up there, doesn't happen there. Yeah. But, uh. I would take them relaxed. Especially your starting ones. <laughs> With, uh, bad posture, really bad lighting. The changes. The whole point is it's consistent. I actually quite like both. So I would take some time because it's nice to see your muscle definition. And actually, if you're um like if you're relaxed, even if you have built a lot of muscle, sometimes you can't see it, right? So I would do some tense, some relaxed, and then just keep it consistent because the point is you want to view a consistent change, like the same pose or the same tensing, but just six weeks later. What do you think is a good pose? Sometimes people do this, don't they? Yeah. (laughs) The mummy pose. (laughs) No, not the mummy, the zombie. (laughs) Just imagine the start of the Macarena. Or you could do the full dance so you can see like the muscle. Yeah, here, that's quite good because you want like biceps up there. Yeah, yeah, wait, wait, I forgot the dance. Hey, Macarena. I was trying to get it up on Spotify, but my Spotify is being really slow. (laughs) Damn. Yeah, so you could do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Or a progress video of you doing the whole routine. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine that was the new commit to six marketing. All of our clients, <laughs> the macarena before and after. Like, yeah, I guess it would be quite good because you'd start with like maybe some some more, <laughs> and then like you'd get lean and toned throughout, and you could right. see what you do. Right, I'll edit it. Right, everyone sends in their their video. Right, and then as it goes to the, ah, then we cut to the six weeks after because like, everyone's turned around, and then they're like six weeks. Yeah. Yes. Okay, great. So if everyone could do that now at the start of the round, that's fine. I love that people are like, 
kind of reminds me of animal flow like you know <laughs> you'll see someone who like is coming into the gym and is really nervous and then their pt's obviously just done an animal flow workshop and they're like do you know what you need to do crawl around the floor like a bear like so embarrassed like i would be embarrassed to do that in the gym let alone anyone who's not confident in the gym and then people are like oh you know i'm really nervous about taking my progress photos okay well, <laughs> what we need you to do is do the full macarena and your pads <laughs> i do for catherine fully naked <laughs> talking about animal flow um, and I ever told you at the time that I was like, I was quite a young PT and it was Halloween and I had like my first session with someone and she was like, I'm so nervous about joining the gym, so nervous, I'm so nervous, right? And it was Halloween and I was dressed as a leopard and I, and just as she was like coming down the stairs, I had my ears on, had my little nose and pa- stuff painted on and a big tail, full body leopard outfit. I was, thinking, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> don't worry nobody will be looking at us I'm just dressed as a leopard (laughs) so inconspicuous oh they'll all be looking at me hon well yeah exactly don't worry no one will look at you I look ridiculous okay time for another question yes um is it your turn I think so but I totally interrupted you like halfway through you doing the last one do you want to read the next one or do you want me to go? No, no you, you read it. Okay. Um, I'd like to ask a question on exercise calories. Is it, um, and is it right not to include them in the daily allowance? On the days I train, I obviously bank more calories, but stick to my 1,600 allowance. However, what I'm noticing is that I seem to justify shoving a bunch of Maltesers or minstrels in my mouth after my yogurt and berry bowl at 9 p.m. because I know I have so much more to use up. That's the first question. Thoughts? Um, so similar to what we said earlier, we don't do exercise um to burn calories. And also if you're noticing that because quite often if you're tracking calories on my fitness pal and you've got like um a like a calorie tracker linked to that, it will take your it'll add calories on to your my fitness pal. So say your target is like sixteen hundred and you've burned like 600 calories through the work it'll add that on so then you've got like 2400 and sometimes you don't even notice and you just keep adding on to my fitness pal and it'll tell you you've got these calories left um so definitely do not like link the two you're not doing exercise to burn calories and the days that you're working out it's not necessarily you're burning more because a workout's not really going to burn quote-unquote more calories it's it's all the other stuff that you're doing um, so I think just getting that like that understanding um, established that it's it's not like you have more calories to eat. Yeah, yeah, and we've already accounted for that in the deficit. Yeah, so like we know that you're going to be training three times a week, and and as Shona is saying, it really doesn't add as much as what people think, and those apps are usually wrong. And I know that people often feel like quite disappointed by that of like, oh, but that would have been great if it could just tell me, and I'm like. And it's almost like, I would rather believe this. So I'm not going to believe you. Like, I kind of get that vibe from people when I talk about it. And I'm like, I, I totally get that. And do you know what would be quite cool if we knew? But we don't. And it's not accurate. And if you eat those calories back, the likelihood is you'll eat yourself out of the deficit that you're trying to create and then not lose fat. 
they turn and it on. Question two, why do I seek to crave and give in to chocolate at night? I see it, I see it all day, never tempted until 9 p.m. ish. It's now a habit and I'm finding very hard to break. Thanks. Sorry, I was distracted because Jordan just texted me saying, I'm in Starbucks and there's a cat on a lead. <laughs> oh, no, that's ridiculous. So my Starbucks is like is dog friendly, but I don't know if it's just all animal friendly. Cats are quite, well, I was going to say they're quite chill, not all of them. No, they're not. They're disgusting as well. Sorry for everyone that owns, oh, 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 oh. my God. Like my followers, I'm going to lose 100 followers instantly. Sorry, just... You said something bad about cats last time as well. Did I? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Did I... Probably. I don't know what it was, but I remember you having to apologise. Oh, <laughs> had to make a post. <laughs> I'm sorry. At least uh, you can repost that post. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and again, I mentioned cats on the podcast. Uh, yeah, that's a bit weird that it's on the lead. And sorry, I, I got distracted by that. Um, why Why does she seek, um, like she doesn't, she's not, she sees chocolate all day. She works in a chocolate factory and then she gets to nine o'clock at night and she suddenly craves chocolate. So I think some of this, I mean, interesting that it's craves chocolate, but there was another question like this. It might've been, I can't remember where I was answering it, but it was quite interesting. It was like, I'm good when I'm around people all day, even though there's more temptation. And then when I'm alone at night, then I eat. And I think sometimes it's that it's like, even though nobody else probably cares what you're eating or not, you know that you're being watched and you're probably not being watched either right but you know that there are people around it's probably linked to why I work better in a coffee shop like there's people around I'm not just gonna mess around on like I don't know scrolling stuff or on Instagram like I I know that they couldn't give a crap what I'm doing or if I'm working or not but actually it's like having people around almost makes that easier and I think sometimes it's quite similar with nutrition it's like you're busy you're doing something you've got people around there's people that you work with especially if you work in a chocolate factory it's probably I would assume after a while not the done thing to just I I just added that in what he doesn't I just added that (laughs) she just sees it all day (laughs) I was thinking this is quite a unique question but you were taking it so seriously (laughs) (laughs) he is Willy Wonka (laughs) you know Willy Wonka well that's me um so she doesn't actually she's not actually around chocolate all day I imagine it's it's either that you've restricted during the day Mm. it's the you've also made choices all day and then in the evening you're less likely to make good choices around nutrition um it's normally that I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I guess I guess like tips for that are make sure you're not over restricting during the day potentially have a bit of chocolate within your calories but sit down enjoy it have it with a cup of tea have it like you know in a don't know one size Kit Kat type thing as opposed to just a full bar um or like give yourself a bit of a rule of like you know what after I have my dinner I have a nice cup of tea and then I don't eat again until the the next morning 
I think the less you have it, the more you will enjoy it too. So it's that um, noticing that saying no today will mean that you, when you say yes tomorrow, you'll enjoy it so much more. Yeah, there's a study on this. So they had people who worked in a chocolate factory. No. no they weren't actually working in a chocolate factory. But they, they had people come in, taste chocolate, and then go away. Now, half the group were told to go away and they were given a big bag of chocolate and they were like just eat it throughout the week try and have at least one piece a day and the other half were asked to not eat chocolate for a full week and then they came back in the next um the next week and they were tested again to try this chocolate say how much they enjoyed it and exactly what Shona just said the people who didn't eat chocolate for a week enjoyed it significantly more than the people who had been eating chocolate habitually every single day so Again, like think of it less as restriction and and more of I'm going to limit my indulgences so that I actually enjoy them more. And it's sort of like the anticipation effect, isn't it? Like people before they go on a holiday, like you get some of the enjoyment there from actually like the build up to the holiday. I imagine there's like a similar thing with like looking forward to having some chocolate whenever, you know, like it's been like three days and I've not had any chocolate and normally I have it every day. It's been that like build up to it well like I'm really looking forward to having a glass of wine on a Friday night doesn't have the same appeal as every single night having that Mm -hmm. all right okay I mean we're definitely not going to get through every single question today so we'll have to come back to that but I think that was excellent thank you both for your brilliant brains and we will see you all oh oh wait needs to be closer to the mic babe Oh, Shona's dancing us out with her own rendition of Okay, thanks, guys. Bye.